money I've been proud. Treading water that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 204 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyDadFF. Chopping it up with my boy Snoob today, talking about quarterbacks. Right now, quarterbacks are the position that, you know, have elevated you guys into the playoffs, won you championships. Last year, we hit on some of those guys ahead of time. Today, we're going to talk about the new Dynasty Top 12. We're going to include rookies, guys right there on the fringe. I'm excited to chop it up with my man, Snoob. How you doing tonight? We're doing good, Daddy. You know what time it is. It's rookie season. We've been doing tons of rookie tape film and just digging through all of that. We're starting with the wideouts. We're going to go right into the running backs. Very strong wideout class, so we're going to really highlight on that this year. Stay tuned for that. Dad and I are going to do a lot of collaborations on that, so I'm so excited to just dive into what I love doing most is the rookies. Hopefully, Smash Accept makes an appearance at the NFL Draft this year. That's in the talks. We'll see how that goes. But That in the combine, baby. I'm ready to go. You know, and, and speaking of rookies, I mean, Mel Kuyper had his latest mock out, and you see the, the craziest thing, Snoop. We've been saying 2024 class is going to be special. He has 12 rookies going in round one. Three quarterbacks going one, two, and three as of right now, with Caleb going one, with Jaden Daniels going to Washington at two, and with Drake May going to New England at three. And, you know, when we start talking about our top 12 to 15, I mean, I have all three of these guys in my top 16 dynasty quarterbacks, and we're going to break that up. But, I mean, what does this do for rookie drafts? I'm starting to put my head together here, and it's like, you know, Marvin's still at two, but I have a hard time not putting not putting May and Daniels up there at three and four if they get that kind of draft capital. I mean, this is the kind of year where if you were in a rebuild process and you need a quarterback and you need a wide receiver – man, you are in for a treat because you're going to get some absolute studs. Looking at the rest of, of Kuiper's mock, and he has, you know, what, seven other wide receivers in that area or eight wide receivers. I mean, this is going to be a class that has absolutely put you in position to be relevant for a long time. Yeah, and Dad, the craziest thing about this class is I think we can finally admit that the strength of this class from an NFL perspective is fully benefiting fantasy football. It's the wide receiver position, the quarterback position, and then you got Brock Bowers. You got a couple tackles that'll sprinkle into that top 10, but I think there's a really good chance that Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze, and Brock Bowers. That's seven players. And I said Jaden Daniels, seven players fall into the top 10 to 12 in yeah. this draft. And you're talking about guys that are going to be, I mean, last year's class, we knew those would be top three round draft capitals. If you could still buy those top seven rookie picks, I feel like all of them are going to be round four or higher in in startups. And people don't quite realize that yet. I mean, you know, I I had a couple offers in there of, you know, some, some rookies that panned out pretty well. I sold Jaden Reed for the one Oh seven smash. You know, if I can get Roma Dunze for that, that that's not the same level. Jaden Reed. And I know, I know our boy Fleming is going to be all over us on that, but I mean, it's like, yeah, He's good, but he's not that level good, you know, and this class is going to be great. My question for you is, you know, all offseason, you and I have said May is two and Daniels is three. If Daniels goes to Washington, you know, and, and May goes to New England, does that shake that up where for you? Because New England's interesting, you know, like I thought Belichick was kind of holding people back. The weapons aren't quite there. Washington has some nice weapons. You know, they got they got Dotson, they got Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, if he comes back, you know, like that offense, I think, 
what we saw they could do with Sam Howell, I think could be a, a more beneficial landing spot for these guys. Yeah, and I think it's almost confirmed Ben Johnson going to the Commanders. I saw that today from a report. If that happens and they draft Drake May, things are going to get pretty in Washington within the next two to three years. And I mean, yes. Drake May, that's a, that's a Justin Herbert prototype right there. He's got the absolute cannon arm, accurate, can make any throw he wants, off-platform, in the pocket, and he's mobile. So Drake May is a prospect that I, I'm really high on. I like him a lot as a quarterback. Jaden Daniels, I go back and forth with. I haven't had time to completely dive through his tape. Fifth-year prospect, was terrible at Arizona State, was terrible in his first year at LSU, and then all of a sudden he was a Heisman candidate yeah. and won the Heisman, and he was and phenomenal. And he doesn't For me, it's like he started out as like 106 in the process, but yeah, if he goes top close. five, yeah. we got to put him in that same area as Malik Neighbors. And, and, and yeah. we, I mean, as much as I love him and Bowers – you know how it is. Superflex is what wins you championships. And, you know, we, we've hit in the past on our guys. We've really, you and I were all over CJ Stroud. And I, you know, like every year I go through these process of trying to make sure we get the right quarterbacks. And a couple of them, I was like, all right, maybe we should diversify a little bit with Bryce Young. But this year's class, I mean, you know, with, with Caleb Williams, with Drake May, with Jaden Daniels, and there's some other guys in there, some under the radar type of, you know, you've got Michael Penix Jr., we have J.J. McCarthy, we have Bo Nix. I mean, there's going to be six potential starters out of this class, if not, you know, I, I think at least four, because in that latest mock, J.J. McCarthy to Seattle at 16. I mean, yeah. there's going to be a scenario where with all these wide receivers, with all these quarterbacks taken, the first running back might not go in your super flex draft until those early seconds or some studs like Adonai Mitchell fall into that second round. What I'm telling everybody to do right now, based off the fact that we just saw a mock with 12 guys in the first is buy your seconds, right? Mm -hmm. Buy seconds because we know people are just going to fall back because somebody's going to fall in love with, with, you know, Trey Benson. Somebody's going to fall in love with one of these running backs. It's maybe even two, maybe even three, because not everybody listens to smash except they don't all realize that, you know, you draft value over need. Cause I have people already messaging me saying, Hey, is this running back worth more than, than, you know, Troy Franklin? No, he's yeah. not like, don't even think about it. This class of wide receivers is great. And we'll keep going on that. I know we will, but I got to get into these, these quarterbacks right now, you know, and I know we would talk rookies all day, but I want to hit on our new top 12. So in the top 12, I have now a tier one of four guys. And I know this is going to have a little bit of controversy before we get to the fourth one. The top three I have right now is Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Patrick Mahomes. The fourth one that I have in my list that I know you're a C.J. Stroud guy at four, I have moved Lamar Jackson up to four based off the season that he had as, as QB4. But let's start up at the top. For me, Josh Allen is the 101 in every Superflex draft for me. Like, there is no debate for me. I'm not saying it's Jalen Hurts after the season he had. I'm not saying it's Patrick Mahomes. And, yes, Jalen Hurts finished as the QB2 overall. It's not like he had a bad season. Patrick Mahomes struggled a little bit. Is Josh Allen your clear-cut 101? You know, like, this is an area we have up until Caleb Williams. I see nine, ten, maybe 12 quarterbacks that I absolutely love. So in Superflex startups, I'm trying to move back. But for me, if I got to pick at 101, it's Josh Allen. Dad, we've had four full seasons since 2020. Josh Allen has finished QB1 in three out of four and QB2 mm -hmm. in that fourth one. Yeah. He is the best fantasy football player I've ever seen. I mean, we saw what he did to the Chiefs. He did everything he can to win that game. I know a lot of people are blaming him on that last throw. That was the right read, that deep mm -hmm. post concept right across the middle, one safety high. He got budged by the pass rush. That's why he flat-armed it so bad. If that was a clean pocket, he's striking that, and the Bills arguably win that game. 
or or send it to overtime if the Chiefs get the ball back. Field goal, whatever. You can say whatever you want about it. But that Josh Allen, I'm looking at right now, 15 rushing touchdowns this year. And that's not changing because they have James Cook, who is not like a goal line bully. Josh Allen's their goal line bully. So I think that we're seeing Cam Newton prime on steroids playing the quarterback position. Mm -hmm. And he's locked in now. Like we're going to see the Bills start to, I think they're going to finally start addressing building around him. And the best thing, he didn't even have an offensive coordinator for half the year this year. And he still Mm -hmm. was that good. So I think we're, we haven't seen Josh Allen's ceiling yet. Is that's crazy to say, but that's the crazy part. going to be crazy. I mean, 29 rushing touchdowns, or sorry, 15 rushing touchdowns, 29 passing touchdowns, over 4,000 yards. I mean, this is, this is, you're right. It's Cam Newton on steroids as a better passer. It's just phenomenal. And I think there's no debate anymore of who that one is. The closest guy in my estimation, you know, you got Allen, I'm sorry, you got Allen. I still have Hurts too. And I got to tell you, most people are going to say Mahomes. And the, the biggest blowback I've been getting on Twitter is everybody's like, yo, dad, but what about the tush push? What if they get rid of it? I was like, okay, cool. So in 23, with the tush push, he was QB2 overall. You know, and in, 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 the, in proper formats, he's right in that area. So you're like, okay, it was a great season. In 2022, they introduced the tush push in week one versus Detroit. He was QB2. No argument there. He was phenomenal. So everybody's like, yeah, but what about 2021? Oh, he was QB6, and he was still ascending, right? This was that area where he didn't have the proper, the, the same amount of weapons. In in his rookie season, in his final three games, he was QB8. I think we have a scenario where Jalen Hurts is falling in startups. I've seen people take him behind Stroud. I've seen people take him behind <laughs> Joe Burrow, and I'm just like, this is an area where he was injured this year. He had issues with the shoulder. He had issues with his knee. I think Jalen Hurts is a buy right now because people are starting to panic for some reason. And I I can't fathom why, you know, like I understand Jason Kelsey retired, you know, and I understand that is going to be a blow, but at the same time, there is more room for, you know, him to, to rush in a different way. Like he did in 2021. I know he has knee surgery, but I'm all in still on Jalen Hurts. I feel like everybody's trying to, to get off that bandwagon and I don't quite understand it. I mean, Jalen Hurts has a firepower offense. Like, he can just sling the ball to Goddard, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, elite offensive line. Do they bring Swift back? I don't know. The yeah, issue yeah. there was the offensive coordinator. I don't know what Correct. Brian Johnson was. I don't well, know he's what gone. he was calling. He's going to be gone for sure. He loved wide receiver screens and tight end yeah. screens and running QB draws, back-to-back plays. Like, mm-hmm. he took Jalen Hurts' progression to MVP caliber play down. Absolutely. We wanted to go up. He should have won the MVP this year. The Eagles should have been the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Brian Johnson failed that. I mean, Shane Steichen's a mastermind offensively. They need to figure out a way to get someone in that Philly offense that can bring back 2022 Jalen Hurts and the Eagles because Smith's not going anywhere for at least two more years. Goddard's not going anywhere. A.J. Brown's locked in. That offense isn't going anywhere. Yeah, they're going to probably lose Jason Kelsey, but they still have an elite offensive line. Three out of the five linemen on that team are pro bowl caliber. So, I mean, th- that's not going anywhere. They have draft capital. They have their first, they have tons of picks. They just need to build up that defense again. They're going to go through a little retool there, but even if the defense sucks, like that's fantasy points because Jalen mm-hmm. Hurts might be playing from behind or playing in more shootouts. Mm-hmm. I know we are kind of seeing a lot of Dak struggling at the beginning of the year because the defense was just carrying and they were blowing teams out and just not throwing the ball. But 
when the defense is bad, it honestly benefits the quarterback from a fantasy football perspective because they got to throw the ball more. So, yeah. And I think we have an area where, you know, you look at his yards per carry. I mean, it's still up around five. He had 605 rushing, <laughs> rushing yards, 15 touchdowns, just like Josh Allen. And you look at what he did in the past, even when you flip back, he was more of a, you know, more closer to Lamar Jackson rushing style as opposed to this year. It just seemed very calculated. Like he wasn't trying to get hurt. And like that was a major concern for that offense. Moving on to QB3, and you could have these QB2, QB3, however you want. You know, I, I definitely got some blowback on Twitter from that, but it's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you know, we're seeing a lot of the – we're seeing what he's capable of doing like he did against Buffalo. He did not have it going on. Most of the year, Rashi Rice started to ascend. Travis Kelsey played really well there in the playoffs. Looks like they're, I mean, you know, looking to draft another wide receiver. And I think Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. So there's no real debate there. We don't need to talk about him a lot. But for me, my four is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson this year, right now, as the QB3, 0.1 behind Jalen Hurts. The, the issue we had where he fell to, what, QB7, QB8, when you and I were drafting in Smash 9, he fell to QB, I think, 11, is people were worried about the contract, people were worried about the offense. What did he do, man, when Mark Andrews – like, this? we talk about these guys, right, that they when they lose their weapons, they can't perform. Lamar Jackson, after he lost Mark Andrews, just went absolutely berserk. Like, he – carry the team like we haven't seen anybody else do. You know, it was very, very Josh Allen-like. Josh Allen, over that time from 12 to 16, was the QB1, and Lamar was QB2. I mean, you look at what he did over that time. He was QB1, QB10, QB8, QB1, and now you see what he's doing in the playoffs. It's like, is this a scenario here in my mind where this offense is starting to click now, right? Like, we were not giving him the credit that where credit was due, where this is a new offense under Todd Munkin. He was trying to just, you know, control the game. They have a great defense. He has really taken over since week 10 as the QB2. I'm all in on Lamar Jackson again. Should I be? Yeah, I mean, you have every reason to be, right? Like, Flowers ascending. They're probably going to add another weapon there in the receiving core from the draft or free agency. We have a great free agency coming up. Seeing a guy like Ayuk or Chi Higgins or even like a Hollywood Brown if he went back to the Ravens, that would be phenomenal. But I think if we saw like an Ayuk go there with Flowers and Mark Andrews and then you mm -hmm. got Likely, that would be some dangerous Lamar Jackson football. I mean, Lamar is, you like you said, Todd Munkin comes in, new offense, completely new to Lamar from what he's used to with Greg Roman. Now we're seeing him get used to that offense. It took him a little bit to adjust. But it's funny to say that he adjusted when Mark Andrews got hurt. And I mean, he smoked the Raven or he spoke the 49ers, smoked the Dolphins. He smoked the Texans in the playoffs. He beat on a lot of good offensive teams. And that mm. defense is no joke. So having a defense that good gives Lamar a lot of good situations and gives him the ball back a lot. Like the Ravens had possession of the ball a ton this year. The issue with Lamar was no rushing touchdowns. Like Gus Edwards was the death of Lamar. Lamar would have mm -hmm. probably 450 plus fantasy points if it wasn't for Gus Edwards maybe there's a scenario we see that again but that's where I'm a little worried about Lamar is he is yeah he's getting yeah I mean if if you look he only had five he had two games yeah. of two one and then he didn't score from week eight on which is to me Snoop the most like eye-opening thing out of this is passing wise he was a he was the QB2 overall from week 10 on and it wasn't you know he was rushing for yards he had that floor yeah. But it was passing. I mean, you know, you see what he what he's able to do through the air. I mean, it was 
two touchdowns, three touchdowns, one, two, five, you know, like he was getting it done through the air and being super consistent. And I think the rushing upside that he has is the only reason I have him slightly above CJ Stroud. And I know that's against consensus. Everybody wants CJ Stroud and a lot of people right now, I mean, you go and keep trade cut. They got an Allen Mahomes, CJ Stroud in a tier. And then it's Lamar Burrow and Jalen all the way to, QB six, which makes me throw up in my mouth, but you know, that's where they're at is so sell me on CJ Stroud over Lamar Jackson. I get that. He's 22 Lamar's 27. If you're drafting right now, and this is what I've been telling everybody. If I'm drafting, I'm taking Stroud over Lamar. If I'm in a championship mode, I'm taking Lamar over Stroud and in smash except one Adam armor. And I traded pretty much Stroud straight up for Lamar Jackson for the playoff run and won that championship because of that. Now, we probably would have rocked with him if he wasn't injured. But sell me on Stroud over Lamar, start up, and then sell me on him over your contending teams. Yeah, so I think the best way to look at it is dress your team. If it's four-point passing, you got to go with Lamar. If it's six yes. points, I'm going with Stroud. I mean, That's so big. People don't understand that. It's like yeah. the rushing upside of a six-point or four-point passing changes everything, right? Yep. CJ Stroud had – 4,100 yards in like 14 and a half games. I'm looking 322 points in six-point passing. Lamar had 374. So he was off by like 50. Stroud was averaging, what, 20, 21, 22 points per game in six points. So like Mm -hmm. CJ Stroud had very similar of a year as Lamar Jackson did. If you break it down from a fantasy football perspective and he missed time and he's a rookie. On the mm-hmm. Texans, that was the second worst team in the NFL last year. He didn't have tanked out for half the year. I mean, I just think Stroud's a different player, man. I mean, he brought that horrible Texans team last year to the playoffs, won a playoff game against one of the best defenses in the league. A, a red-hot Browns team. I mean, yeah, you could say Flacco, whatever. Very well coached, elite defense. They can run the ball well. They can pass the ball well. They beat them. They smoked them. And I know they got smoked by the Ravens, but – playing against a defense that good. Ravens had the best defense in the NFL. One of the best defenses I've ever watched, probably since the Legion of the Boom Seahawks. They look phenomenal. They're attacking the ball well. Texans could not run the ball to save their lives. Stroud had no time in the pocket. That's the result you're going to get. Stroud's still very young, but from a fantasy football perspective, 4,100 yards in 14 half games. That He was going to probably – he would have had the most yards in the in the NFL. if he. I think he only needed to average like 190 yards for the last two, three games to hit that. And he was averaging 275, which was the most in the NFL, 22 years old. The team's only going to get better. They're only going to add more. They had like their whole offensive line was banged up all year. Context Mm -hmm. is needed when you're addressing these two. And I mean, Stroud's what, six years younger. And I don't know, the six point passing matters a lot because Stroud's that guy that could throw for 40 touchdown passes with a healthy Texans offense. So give me Stroud. It's a friendly debate. It's four and a half years. But is the the potential and almost guaranteed loss of Bobby Slowick going to change CJ Stroud a little bit? You know, I think he tailored things very well for him. I think, you know, we've seen young quarterbacks and I love CJ Stroud. You know, I do. So I'm not, I, he's my, one of my most owned, if not my most owned dynasty quarterback from the way you and I drafted this past year. Do you think that holds him back a little bit? where he, you know, going through year two, another offensive coordinator, or you think, you know, the coaching staff just brings somebody in, obviously tailored towards C.J. Stroud. And I, I think Slowick, they're talking about going to Washington. You know, if, if they get him and they they draft May, I mean, like, sorry. I'm just getting excited, getting ahead of myself. But do you think that holds back C.J. Stroud a little bit this year? 
it's definitely it's, it's definitely a rock in the road but if anybody's going to overcome that adversity it's cj stroud i mean I he, love the kid. he is just always like going into the georgia game what did everybody say he's going to throw a bunch of picks he's going to get embarrassed he absolutely dominated that defense which was the best defense in the country that has seen in a while mm-hmm. he, he's always proving the doubters wrong so i think Slowick was a great offensive coordinator this year he did a good job scheming things to the strengths of their players but I don't think losing I don't think the OC is going to be the death of him like I think he they know the concept they know the strengths he can play football he played at Ohio State in that type of system he played with Slowick and and the Texans he was great at both levels I think that they're going to there's so many good coach like you got Pete Carroll you got Mike Vrabel there's just so many like maybe one of those guys would take an OC role if they had to like you never know there's so many good coaches right now with how many coaches are just getting fired and revamping teams and all this stuff. We could see a scenario or maybe it's like a wide receiver coach on the Texans. Someone steps up like you never know someone familiar with the system. I think that the Texans are in good hands. They have tons of draft capital coming up. I think they're going to get Tank Dell back. They're going to have Nico Collins both on rookie deals, and then they're going to probably draft a, a wide out in round two or three to pair with those guys just with the tank injury. Cause you can't really rely on like John Mechie and Robert Woods. Like they did this year. I mean, mm-hmm. those aren't guys that are going to make plays for you when you need to. So I think they're going to just continue to build around him, build up that defense. D'Amico Ryan's is amazing. Like he's an amazing defensive minded head coach. That defense is going to be built up and ready to go. So I think that team's going to have a lot of success, but losing Slowick, I mean, it's not a positive, but I don't think it's the end of the world. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about tearing down now. People ask this all the time. You know, hey, I have Patrick Mahomes. What should I do to try to, you know, change my roster up? I'm about to enter into a rebuild or move into a certain area. Or if I'm in a startup and I want to move from 103 to like 106, 107. So I got a question for you is, you know, if you got Patrick Mahomes who averages 18.4 fantasy points this year and someone offers you Justin Herbert and the 104 who averaged the exact same amount of fantasy points right there with him. If they offer you Justin Herbert in the 104, are you smashing that? Yeah. How? Where is that line? Because everybody's asking me. They say, hey, you know, Dad, I'm about to start my rebuild. I have Patrick Mahomes. You know, I don't want to sell him for – you say he's worth 3.5 to 4 first. I don't want to sell him for random first. So I keep saying, you know what? Try to get Stroud in a first. Probably not happening at this point. But go down to Herbert. Go down to Burrow. Go down even in some cases – to Lamar, get yourself an an early to mid first. Where's that line for you with those guys? I know you have Burrow. I have Burrow at uh, six and Herbert seven. You have them at at five and six. So what's that line to move from Mahomes or Jalen Hurts? Because I know I'm I'm pumping up Jalen Hurts. I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes. Ultimately, that's your choice. You know, if you want to tear down, what would that pick be in this class to move off of Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes to Herbert? or Burrow. I have Mahomes in a clear tier one with Josh Allen. I think they're just the two best quarterbacks in football by a mile. And I think they're, they have such high potential in fantasy football that I don't think anybody can touch them. Maybe like one year they can, but like consistently, I don't think there's a player that can get to that level. I have, it's literally a massive tier and we're splitting hairs here with Stroud, Hertz, Burrow, Herbert, and Lamar Jackson. Those guys are just also close for me. They get the best Depends how I feel when I wake up in the morning, but I think to go to Mahomes or Allen, I'm going to need a first on top of any of those guys. Yeah. Whether for Allen, probably like a mid; for Mahomes, probably like a late, mid to okay. late. Yeah. What I'm what I'm advocating is that that next tier down, and I'm I'm saying, you know what? If you're going into a rebuild mode, 
You know, like I love Burrow and I love Herbert. Both of them, you know, I think are going into what they're going to be. Burrow's going to be 27. Burrow is 27. Herbert, Herbert's going to be 26 once the season starts. I'm telling people, you know what? Go after let, let's tear down and get some plus plus. Let's go down to Anthony Richardson, who's still 21 years old. Let's go down to Kyler Murray, who's going to be, in my mind, if he gets Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, they have a top he's still 21. Four, they have a top four pick. Yeah, Marvin Harris or Anthony Richardson is 21.7. Once know the season that. rolls around, he's just gonna be turning 22 years old. You know, and he's super young. And we saw QB2, QB4 in his games. I still I think you can go from Mahomes to Anthony Richardson in two firsts. I think you can go down to Kyler Murray in two firsts, and I don't think that's going to last long. You know, when we're when we're talking about moving your way down that way, if it's a rebuild, you know, I think those are the guys. For me, it's like tier one is Allen Herbert or Allen Hurts, Mahomes, Jackson. Tier two, I have Stroud, Burrow, and Herbert. But then I talk about tier three right now. It's Anthony Richardson and Caleb Williams, just for sheer value. You have the one hundred and one. I think both of those guys are there. But then I labeled tier four as like the up and coming risers, like the guys that you got to get. And that's Kyler Murray, you know, Jordan Love, Drake May. So like we're in a great position here where there are absolute stud quarterbacks. Moving to Anthony Richardson, how bullish should we be? I mean, in the in the in the rookie draft season, he was going above Stroud. There were a lot of situations. I know you did the same thing. As soon as Richardson went down, you got Stroud plus for Richardson. Now we're in a situation where you can get Richardson plus plus for Stroud. You can get Richardson in these areas where, man, like the upside of Anthony Richardson is is Josh Allen. Like honestly, it's it's Cam Newton plus. It's absolutely electric with the legs, what he's gonna be able to do. The downside is that's a little risky. We saw him get injured, what, three times in his rookie season, yeah. you know, and, and that's that's the scare. But if you're in a rebuild, we're talking about taking as many shots as possible, getting as many lottery tickets in there, where if you know you're going to get that moves your pick to the 25-101 and you get Anthony Richardson at 104 to take Malik Neighbors and you get a 108 to go ahead and get, you know, another wide receiver in there, give yourself multiple shots to really improve because this class is going to have a lot of guys that go in that round three, round four draft capital. We saw what Steichen did with Justin Herbert. We saw what he did to Jalen Hurts. We're going to see what he's going to do. I think that's what he's going to do, man. And, and I mean, and, we have Josh Downs there. We have Jonathan Taylor on a contract. We have a good offensive line. We have Michael Pittman there. Pick Things 15. Things are only going to go up. They, on Mel Kuyper's mock, they had your boy, Brian they Thomas Jr. Thomas. going there. Like that, they, they have not scratched the surface on the potential of Anthony Richardson or this offense. I think the absolute best pick for that team would be Brock Bowers, but I do not see it happening because I don't think they're in range. I don't think he falls that far. But if you added Brock Bowers' vertical threat and underneath ability yards after catch with Josh Downs and Michael Pittman for Anthony Richardson in a Shane Steichen-minded offense. I mean, Anthony Richardson had four rushing touchdowns in three games. As a rookie, he was 20 years old. And uh, he was he, he. There's no denying he wasn't a raw player coming out. Like he was a raw player, all the talent in the world, of but course. he had to put it all together. And I, I mean, he was early on. Like his first few games in the NFL, he was showing that he could be in that mold. And I think we would have seen some crazy weeks from Anthony Richardson mm-hmm. in the last, like, like Gardner Minshew was winning games and they almost made the playoffs. Like yeah. Anthony Richardson would have been making a splash for that team. And I, I don't see a scenario where he ends up being a bad player. Like, I think mm-hmm. he can make every throw. He can make the long throws. He can throw on the run. 
And the best thing about him, which is like one of the most underrated statistics that you can look at for a quarterback, he does not get sacked. He doesn't get sacked. Avoiding sacks is one of the best stats when, when addressing and evaluating a quarterback. We saw Stroud doesn't get sacked. We saw Anthony Richardson doesn't get sacked. We saw Mahomes and Josh Allen. They don't get sacked. Players that don't get sacked and they can avoid pressure and they can throw on the run and they can throw under pressure. We saw some crazy throws Anthony Richardson made at 20 years old. He's only ascending up from here. It's that quick release and his ability to run. I mean, he he gets the ball out of there quickly. So I want to talk real quick because I think there's three guys that you could argue are equivalent of the 101. Right now I have eight guys above the 101, you know, with Caleb as my QB9 right now. And that's more of a value thing than the actual quarterback as we stand. But I want you to keep one, trade one, cut one, Anthony Richardson, Caleb Williams, and Kyler Murray. Because I think I really want – Kyler Murray everywhere. You know, he was my biggest guy in the offseason last year where it was like, dude, this is like stealing. Like you're getting him in the third round. Now he's still going mid second round in startups. And it's like Kyler Murray, not too long ago, was a first round dynasty startup pick. And you're getting him at extreme value. So keep one, trade one, cut one. Kyler Richardson, Caleb, go. I'm going to keep Caleb just because I think the value and the player he is as a prospect coming into the league. He has a chance to be in that like fringe Josh Allen Mahomes ish tier, like right up there with like Stroud, Hurts, mm-hmm. Lamar's. He is a phenomenal player the way he creates off platform. I look at him like a Kylo Murray reincarnated, a younger version. And like what he goes to the Bears and he throws to DJ Moore and they have all this firepower. They have pick nine, they have a bunch of seconds, they have a bunch of firsts. They're loaded and they're only making moves. Shane Waldron, the new offensive coordinator there for Chicago. They're, they're making moves. I think they're ready to finally step up as a team. I mean, we saw what Fields could do there. Caleb Williams is better than Fields. Like, it's that simple. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go and I with think They're going to end up – I mean, in in that mock, they got neighbors at nine, you know, and it's just yeah. like, dude, that's that's all, all yep. systems go. So I like that. And I know there's a lot of people detracting off of Caleb Williams, and they're, like, already talking about how, you know, they want to take Marvin Harrison instead of Caleb Williams. And it's like, dude, the super flex position, you're getting a guy that's already top ten – wait until draft day and think about it. You know what I mean? There is still a scenario where Marvin Harrison Jr. goes to New England with no quarterback in sight. And you're like, okay, we're going to have to wait here a little bit where Caleb should be hitting the gates pretty hard right off the bat. So you're keeping him. Yep. Who you trading? Who you cutting? I have a clear tier. So I have Caleb Williams at eight. I have Kyler at nine, Richardson at 10, Love at 11. So I'm going to go with keeping Kyler or trading Kyler and cutting Anthony Richardson. I think it's splitting hairs with all those guys. I think those like right after those four, I think there's like a big tier to the next, like the, the Dax, the Purdy's, mm-hmm. the Lawrence's, but I, I just think Tyler Murray, dad, we talked about it before. What's going to happen at 11 or at pick four. We're going to see Marvin, baby. Marvin Woo! and Malik neighbors as yeah, Tyler's yeah. new number one. Things are going to get crazy there. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. Honestly. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna really – I've been telling everybody if that's what happens, the stock on Kyler Murray is going to instantly go up and it's almost writing on the wall kind of thing. No matter what he gets at four, it's either going to be an elite offensive lineman or they're going to go get Marvin or they're going to – you know what I mean? I think there's an area where it's like Mar- we know Kyler Murray value is definitely going to ascend for sure. So now we've hit that top ten, you know, and right now you and I have similar – we have the same guys in the top ten. It's not identical. But as far as we how we have things 
you know, it's still, it's Allen, Hurts, Mahomes, Jackson, Stroud, Burrow, Herbert, Richardson, Caleb, and Kyler. We both have those guys in the top 10. I think there's the biggest value out of all of that is Kyler Murray because no one's taking him in round one of startups right now. Like I've seen dozens and dozens of startups. And by the way, smash except lucky number 13 is going to kick off in early February. If you guys want to be a part of that, you got to make sure you're in the Patreon right now. Last night, or actually tonight and last night, I updated every single player value. And the way we have it listed in there, you know, you go in and you see the quarterbacks, you see the tier three is worth a 101 plus, and that's, you know, player X, Y, and Z. Tier four is worth a 102 to 103. Tier five, and we, we value every player for you. Snoog's got all his rookie rankings in there. I got my rookie rankings in there. There's content really to just eat up and get yourself into position. And I think now is the time to join. You know, now is the time where you get all the rookie content. You're going to get a, a room of people talking 24-7. Right now, you know, almost 150 ma dynasty managers in there just talking shop all the time. You know, so like this is when you guys want to get in there, especially if you want to try to be in Smash 13. You know, try to uh, – I only took down three of the, the Smash championships, but come in there, play against me. I don't know if Snoob's going to be in this one yet. We haven't talked about it. But we move on to the next one. Now is where it gets a little bit interesting. Because I think from 11 to 16, maybe 17, it's very similar. You know, you get into this area. Right now, my 11 is, is Justin Fields. My 12 is Jordan Love. My 13 is Drake May. I think you, you get into an area where we're talking sheer value now, Snoog. It's like May's going to be the 103. In some leagues, if it's, you know, if it's a two-quarterback league, if it's a 14-team, there's definitely an argument that Drake May could be the 102. I think we go down a little bit to the next tier for me with Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, Jaden Daniels, who's going to be in that 103, 104 territory and, and Brock Purdy. So talk to me a little bit about your favorite out of that group. I think it's, this is where we really separate the men from the boys. Jordan Love has gone from a round, you know, <laughs> I mean, it was insane where these guys were going a while ago, but we want to get you in a spot in rookie drafts. I mean, guys that were going in round six through 10 last year, you had Gino, Love, Russ, but he, Purdy. We were advocating for you guys to take Jordan Love and Brock Purdy, and they were going, you know, in rounds nine, rounds twelve. You know, we were going in that area. Now they're they've shot all the way up into the second round of startups. So if you got to pick one guy out of that group, who is it for you? Who's going to hit? I have Love in the tier above, but mm -hmm. it would definitely be him. But just based off Dak Prescott, Purdy, May, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Tua. Oh. That's so tough. I don't even put two in there. I don't even have two in my top 16. Yeah. People are going to hate me, but what has he done? Yeah. Like, honestly, I love the weapons, but what has Tua done other yeah, than be he's a middling qu quarterback two? He's like a worse version of what Purdy's done. Like, mm -hmm. he's literally like Purdy, just not putting up the same numbers. Yeah. And um, you know how I play it is like, I want my top, I want two top tens, or I'm going to, I'm going to go get one top 10 and move myself all the way back to get. Stafford to get cousins yeah. to get a bunch of pluses so this is where you really separate like I said you separate the men from the boys it's it's love it's Dak it's Purdy it's Lawrence you know it's either the two rookie quarterbacks I mean talk to me about what kind of scenario you're going there who do you trust the most if you're a contender and who do you have think has the most value I think it's going to be Trevor Lawrence for me and okay. I go back and forth with him and I, he was so disappointing this year, but like, if you gross. really break it down, he had some good games where he was like, okay, here's the Trevor Lawrence that we saw in 2022. Mm -hmm. 
I think his issue was the offensive line was horrible. They couldn't run the ball because of it. He he couldn't really have a lot of time to set and throw, which he's used to in the pocket. Yeah, I don't know about you, but if you've watched Trevor Lawrence, he has an incredible mobility to his game that he doesn't use for some reason mm-hmm. where he could be like in that Josh Allen type, not as like physically dominant, but he has wheels when he takes off. We need to see more of that. And I think if he brings that more out in his game, then we're going to see a new level of Trevor Lawrence falling into that top eight to seven ish. Mm-hmm. I think if anyone's going to jump into that next tier with like Caleb Kyler, even jump in ag- again into the Lamar Justin Herbert tier, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence with more weapons, more. They're going to have a decent draft this year. Hopefully they miss playoffs, picked better. I think they have picked seven. We're seeing Brian Thomas get mocked there. We're seeing, I saw Keon Coleman, which I don't love. I don't know why he's going so high, but we saw him mocked there. Like, it looks like teams know that it's tackle mm-hmm. or it's wide receiver for the Jags or it's cornerback. So well, we're just we going to stretch as better next year. So. It, it's a tale of like two seasons for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you look at, I mean, weeks 11 through 13, QB1, QB8, QB8. At the end of the season, a couple, you know, QB21 or QB26 performances. It just wasn't what we were looking for. I mean, you know, he only had one, two, three, four, five, six multiple touchdown games. He had two tu- two games with zero touchdowns. You know, I, I love Trevor Lawrence, the talent. Trevor Lawrence, the talent reminds me a lot of what we're seeing with Caleb Williams is like, is he ever going to literally match what what the hype is? You know, I think Trevor Lawrence has become a buy because to a lot of people, he's outside the top 10 dynasty quarterbacks. And I, you know, right now I have him, I have him outside that. I have him as QB 14, which is insane. I think he's a value where you where you can get him. I mean, right now, Keep Trade Cut has him at QB 11 at 24 years old, right behind Kyler and Jordan Love. I put a poll out there for Jordan Love versus Trevor Lawrence. And it was 60-40 before the playoffs in favor of Jordan Love. So Jordan Love has just ascended to a point where he is very difficult to buy for me, you know, because I was buying him everywhere for in rookie drafts 110, 111, 112. Now it's like, dude, you're gonna you're gonna have to pay, you know, in one of the leagues, a guy wanted the 104 plus a 25 first for Jordan Love. And I'm like, I can't do that. You know, like I am out as much as I love Jordan Love. I'll take him in a startup. But trying to buy him now is like you've only almost missed that window sometimes. You know, we, we talk about it a lot with a guy like in the past of a Kyle Pitts or a guy once Jalen Hurts ascended, once a guy, you know, gets to that certain level, you can't really buy him anymore. It's not a smart, prudent buy to go out there and pay a mid first plus an, another first on top of that to get up to Jordan Love. But on the flip side, 25 years old, did we just see the beginning of what he can do? The weapons look great. You know, he is loaded loaded with young talent with Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, you know, Musgrave, Kraft. There, there's a lot around him. How high up should we be taking Jordan Love right now? Keep trade cut has him above Kyler Murray. I just can't do it. No, I, I can't do it either. And we're about to see him get paid, right? Because he's on his contract year. I mean, he was a first round pick, so we could technically get the fifth year option, but I think they, mm-hmm. they, they didn't give it to him, right? Mm-hmm. No, not yet. I don't, yeah, so who knows there, but he definitely deserved to get paid. So we're, we're probably going to see at the very least like a three-year like Daniel Jones-type contract. Mm-hmm. So he's going to get the contract. He's going to be the guy there with LaFleur. I mean, he's only getting better. It was his first year as a starter. 
phenomenal arm talent. He's a gunslinger, which leads to a lot of fantasy points because he's willing to take those risks and attack the ball downfield. Mm -hmm. And that they're schemed so well, that offense. I mean, we see Bo Melton, Jaden Reed. We saw so many busted coverages in games like the Niners and the Cowboys. So Jordan Love's goal is to sit back there and throw the ball forever. And Mike LaFour's goal is to scheme up that offense and get players open, and it's working. So we're going to see that only get better, hopefully. And that's why I have him in the tier with Richardson, Kyler, and Caleb because he's like a Justin Herbert so, light to me. So you'd he's pay like the 101 for Jordan Love? I wouldn't, no. No. Which 102? No, nope, I take Marv over him, but I take him over K Drake May. Okay, all right. I, th I think Drake May. It's all about Jordan. how you do your tiers, right? Like mine are always. I look at it as like this is the tier that's worth the one on one. This is the tier that's what. So I understand what you're saying because I have him. I have him one spot. I have Kyler ten, Fields eleven, and and Love twelve. And I think right now I'd be willing to pay the one oh two for Kyler, but I just. Rather, I, I want Marvin wherever and get him. And I would pay the 103 for Fields and Love. And I know I'm higher on Fields than anybody. I've always been. But I think we see a scenario where he gets traded. I think he's going to go to Atlanta. I think he's going to go to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think he's going to go somewhere that, you know, Chicago wants Caleb Williams. They're going to get rid of Justin Fields. And I think we see an area where – very similarly to, you know, them getting that extra weapon. There were some games, you know, he took a ton of sacks. There were some games, though, that he looked absolutely legit. Yeah. And the ceiling on Justin Fields, you had said, you know, Lawrence is that guy for you. I think – I still think – I still believe it's Fields. You know, I think we saw some monster games from him where he was, you know, down the stretch, QB8, QB3, QB4, QB3. Once the, the once he came back from injury and the pressure was off, it's like, dude, just go play football. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think Justin Fields, we see a, a career year from here, him this year. And he's honestly, he's going third round startup right now. He has fallen to like 208 to 303. And I think it's a similar situation to what we saw with Kyler Murray of like, there's some uncertainty there. So I think people really try to avoid that in round two. Let's play a little keep trade cut. You ready? Yep. All right. So we'll go Drake May, Trevor Lawrence. And Brock Purdy. I'll go keep Trevor Lawrence, trade Purdy, cut Drake May. Just because we don't know what's going to happen with Drake May. Like, I mean, I can't take him over those guys until I know where he's going to be. And I know the coaching staff and the weapons yeah. he's going to have. Because look at Bryce Young. Look at, like, all these quarterbacks that look at Trevor Lawrence's rookie year. Like, we yeah. avoided those situations because quarterback takes a massive hit if they suck as rookies mm -hmm. they'll yeah like Bryce Young. they'll still be like fourth round startup picks Bryce but Young going now from, is going from 102 down to now maybe yeah. 111 you know where you can get things and so one bad. thing one thing that I put out there and I've been trying to do this a lot and you've been nailing the rookie content I've been trying to put you know what if you have this pick right you and I love doing rookie drafts but some people are out there and they say you know what dad I don't like making that pick. Like, I feel like there's too much pressure there. You know, for me, I said Anthony Richardson is the 101. Kyler Murray's worth the 102. Love and Fields are worth the 103. For me, Lawrence and Dak are worth the 104. And then Brock and, and Tua are worth the 105. And then there's a huge gap. Like, I feel like there's a big gap in between there. Would you pay the 105 for Brock Purdy or Tua Tagovailoa right now? That's my, my biggest struggle is – in the, in the Patreon, I rank Jaden Daniels over Brock Purdy and Tua Tagovailoa because I think he is going to get drafted in that top three. 
if he does, you know, and this is a fluid process. We're trying to just give you the information and say, this is what these rookie picks can get you. It's ultimately your decision. But if you had to choose between the 105 Brock Purdy and Tua Tagovailoa, what would it be for you? I take Purdy. I think the quarterback position is one of the most like it's one of the like lottery ticket positions yeah. where you're playing with a lot of fire mm-hmm. and you're taking Jaden Daniels to the Patriots over Brock Purdy on the Niners. Like not yeah. even not a question. Yeah. I'm not doing that. And I will never do that. For but me, like, my ranking is Atlanta Land Daniels. If Atlanta exactly. lands them with the new coaching staff, say it's Bill Belichick and Daniels there, mm-hmm. right? It get it gets it gets interesting there. But it's like you're better off just taking that 105 and trading for a Kyla Murray, a Jordan Love, and Anthony Richardson mm-hmm. and adding on it than trying to play with Drake May on the Patriots or Jaden Daniels on the Patriots or, or on the you, Commanders. Yeah. It's, Kale Williams is the only quarterback in this draft that I can look at competently and say he will not be bad in the NFL. Yeah. There's I, zero chance. I don't care where he goes. He will eventually be a good quarterback. I think you can say that with Drake May, but you cannot I, say that I'm, with Jaden Daniels. Yeah, I'm very close there with you. And I think there's a value gap. There's not a single quarterback at 106, 107, or 108 that I would trade for. I, I'm just not. No, I would use those picks to to trade up and to move into certain yeah. areas. I have Jared Goff worth the 109, Deshaun Watson worth the 110. And then it's like even towards the end, like Bryce Young, maybe the 111, 112. And I'm low-key buying Russell Wilson when we get to draft day at 112 because I think – Russell Wilson's a guy we could see in Atlanta. Russell Wilson's a guy that's going to go somewhere else. So there's a lot of quarterbacks. This is a moving pieces all the way around. But I like to at least look at where we're at. You know, you want to hold on to those draft picks as long as possible. But there's a scenario, like you said, where you potentially trade the 105-106 for Brock Purdy right now. And then Brock Purdy gets paid. Brock Purdy's the 49er quarterback of the future. And then Jaden Daniels goes to New England and you're like, man, I'm glad I made that pick, you know? And that's, exactly. that's, are you risk averse? How do you want to play those kind of things? Um, that That's a very difficult one. The guy I want to talk about real briefly that I put another piece out today was on Dak Prescott. What are you willing to pay right now for Dak Prescott? I mean, you look at what he has done this past year as a quarterback three. Last year was what people are starting to still focusing back where he was QB 13 and had his worst season by far. But you go to 2021, QB 7 with 37 touchdowns. And in 2020, when he played that brief season of just four games, he was the QB 1. We saw what he was able to do with a new offensive coordinator, QB 3, 4,500 yards, 39 touchdowns. Right now in keep trade cut, he's the QB 15. His value is equivalent of the 106. I am smashing Dak Prescott over the 106 everywhere because he's 30.7 years old. This is not an area where this is a quarterback I think plays 31 through 35 still in his prime of a back-end QB1 where you can get him on a discount. Dad, let me ask you this. If we knew that at worst Dak Prescott from now until 35 years old, so five years, Kirk Cousins' age before he toys Achilles. Yeah. We knew he would give us Kirk Cousins' numbers through those five years. You paying that? Because I am. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you numbers for five years. How many years did we say that for Kirk Cousins was worth a late first? And I think that's a great point because Dak Prescott is almost in a lot of people's eyes like the new Kirk Cousins where it's – but, I mean, he finished QB3. Like, there's no arguing that. So, at 30 years old, why the heck are we valuing him all the way at QB15 – Below Tua Tagovailoa, you know, below Trevor Lawrence, below Justin Fields. I mean, like people have him really far down there. 
you know, and the points that he put up, I don't care about your age. If you're 26 or 30, it doesn't matter. You're going to make trades. You're going to make things happen. Mm -hmm. There's so much mentality of guys thinking they're going to have quarterbacks for 10 years. If you're doing that, you're not winning in dynasty anyways. Like, honestly, you're just sitting there with one quarterback and coming in fifth place every year. And the issue, Dad, when you look at the Kirk Cousins and those type of the Dak Prescotts, people mix up NFL and fantasy football. Like That's why everybody the- tells me Jalen Hurts is garbage. He's, Kirk it, Cousins it, isn't a winner. Okay, yeah. so you're going to give me him for the 201, and I'm going to get five years of top 10 fantasy football numbers because I'm not an NFL GM. I am a fantasy football player. Mm-hmm. You can separate those worlds. They, they relate to each other a lot, but they also don't because winning means nothing with fantasy football besides if your team is winning. Thank you. So, so that's what I would say. Is- I don't give a shit if he loses to Jordan Love in the first round of the playoffs. I don't care if he doesn't make the playoffs. It he's thrown 4,500 yards and 36 touchdowns. Like Justin Herbert, he's not a winner. He's trash, All right, Threw 5,200 yards and 40 touchdowns and put up 450 fantasy points at 22 years old. Yeah. That's what I care about. <laughs> what I'm saying right now with quarterbacks like like Herbert, like Dak, buy the floor right now and enjoy the ceiling. You know, like you're buying him at, at, at 106. You're giving up, you know, you're giving up Bowers or Ndunze, which is great. But, but Dak Prescott is putting up legitimate QB one numbers. So if you're in that area that you can make those moves, I'm, I'm still, I'm all in on that. I have no problem buying him and I'd be willing to, to pay up for him. You know, like I started putting out a couple of the trades that I would make. And I want to get your opinion on some of these. Cause I was like, these are the insulated trades. Now is the time to make insulated trades for quarterbacks. Would you rather have Dak Prescott and the one Oh five or Justin Herbert? Dak. It's right. And, but I put that out there. I message a bunch of people. They're like Herbert smash. And I'm like, you're getting the points of Dak. And then at one Oh five, you're getting Bowers. You're getting neighbors. You're getting something legit. Dak Prescott and the two Oh two or Trevor Lawrence. Dak. Right. Like same thing. All of these I've been asking Dak Prescott and two random 25 firsts or Lamar in a 25 second. Dak clears. I take Dak in one first for Lamar. And then I put, I would be willing to put a QB upgrade, add a 24 or 25 first to Levis, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Geno Smith, any of those guys, plus a first for Dak. I feel like that's absolutely winning. And using your, I, your you, those are guys, I'm trying to get off of Will Levis. I'm trying to get off of Derek Carr. I'm trying to get off of Geno Smith in this offseason because I feel like it's a ticking time bomb with all of them. Yeah. And dad, I think there's a real world scenario. Dak Prescott plays in the NFL longer than Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I think that's so very easy to say. Mm-hmm. And right now I said, I'd pay, you know, anything I'd pay too late 25 first for him. If I was a contender and they were truly going to be late. The tricky part is when you get into a rebuilding team because he's 30, because the public perception is going to change. You know, these are the scenarios where I said, you know, if I could get the one Oh three or the one Oh four, I would do it. The one Oh five plus a 25 second, the 106 to 108 plus a 24 second. I think there's a scenario here where you get potentially if you're trying to rebuild, and I know this sounds crazy, but I sent an offer today for the 105 and Kirk Cousins for Dak Prescott. Kirk Cousins is out of sight, out of mind. But if Belichick goes to Atlanta, Cousins comes in there. I mean, I think Cousins is that automatic value bump. Him and Aaron Rodgers are the value right now that I'm looking at in Superflex startups, the value that I'm looking at in trades, where the writing's already on the wall. The value is going to increase to a late first as soon as they sign. 
You know, as soon as they they get a contract or not signed, but Aaron Rodgers comes back and we know he's healthy. As soon as you know, Cousins comes back and we know he's healthy. Both those guys, I think, are going to automatically increase in value. And I think that's the way you make insulated trades and win. Is you all off season last year, it was Brock Purdy and Love plus a first coming off. I mean, one of them I got Love and a first for Trevor Lawrence. That's how winning is done. That's what we trade. That's what we preach all the time at Smash Accept is. Look at that trade now. Jordan Love's worth more than Trevor Lawrence. That first is free. You know, you get into those scenarios when you believe in a guy. The one that I'm really struggling with to buy and I feel like has the biggest potential to gain in value are two guys is, is Bryce Young and Deshaun Watson. And yeah. I think they've become such a buy. Someone today told me when I posted my combined 23 and 24 ranks that they'd rather have Bo Nix than Bryce Young. And I yeah, said, right. I said, come on, like, why? They're like, because hey, he's trash. I understand the season was completely ugly. It's why we talk about draft capital mattering so much. It's why we talk about landing spot and coaching mattering. And he, he went to an oasis, right? No weapons, you know, poor coaching, pretty rough offensive line play. But there's a scenario here where Bryce Young has a huge opportunity to bounce back in value. And Deshaun Watson, I mean, honestly, what we saw – from Joe Flacco, maybe Deshaun Watson cracks a little bit more into that. And both these guys, I feel like, are are buys because nobody wants them. The next three guys after the top 15 that we've been taught, or top 16, 17-ish with Jaden Daniels and Drake May and Caleb toss into there, it's Watson, Goff, and Bryce Young, and it's here. And I think – Oh, yeah. Watson, Goff, I'm buying every- – why is Goff so cheap? I don't, I don't understand. I bought it for the 109. Goff and Stafford, the other I'm day. buying everywhere. Yeah. That's that's like the interesting part there is like those guys are just especially golf because he's that much younger. I mean Stafford's a he's great guy anywhere. for an early to mid second. I'll take Stafford everywhere, but golf is not going anywhere. But, you know, especially if they lose this game, there he's going to be there. If they lose or win this game, golf is going to be there for another at least mm-hmm. like two to three years. I think. I think so too. I think so too. So this is fun talking about quarterbacks. You know, I, I think we get into an area where that there's going to be a lot of shuffling. In the middle, you know, as I was doing my ranks today, I feel like one through 10 is pretty cut and dry. When we see what happens with Fields, when we see where May lands, where we see where Daniels lands, Brock gets the contract, you know, like Trevor Lawrence gets some weapons. I I think there's going to be some shuffling in that area. I think the way to win is just to, you know, alleviate some of that risk. There's so much risk at every position. When we talk about rookie drafts, hit rate being about 50% in the first round quarterbacks is the most difficult one. And this is why we always talk about, you know, last year I had the 102 and I traded Bryce Young, who was the 102 and my 24 first, which became the 112 for Jalen Hurts. You know, it's like there you go. <laughs> during rookie fever, people want those kind of moves. They want those, those young unknown quarterbacks because they can become CJ Stroud, but on the flip side, they can also become Bryce Young. So if you guys have any questions on quarterbacks, make sure you guys reach out. You can find me at Dynasty Dad FF. You can find Snoog at FF Snoog. So much going on in the Patreon. So much fun stuff and content. Snoog is killing it with the rookies. So if you guys aren't following him, like he's criminally underfollowed on Twitter. Make sure you guys hit him up. What do you got working on? I know you got some things under the belt that are just you know ready to come out. Yeah, yesterday was Adonai Mitchell Day. Today was Brian Thomas Day. As you can see, I've been posted. I think I posted like fifteen Adonai Mitchell highlight clips and. 15 of Brian Thomas. 
Tomorrow's Xavier Worthy Day. And then the next day is going to be probably Roma Dunze Day and Troy Franklin Day. And we're going to go all the way up until Marv. I'm taking kind of like my top seven, like best, like clear tier of guys doing that. Then I'm going to probably do like my eight through 10 and do the same thing I'm doing, just highlighting all the film that I found with my analysis on it. And then it's going to get fun. I'm going to really highlight the quarterbacks and wideouts in this class until we really see combine numbers and yeah. uh, draft capital with the running backs. I mean, I got a group of like five to six to seven guys that I like. Shout out JC Dynasty, by the way. A good guy in the space. Excellent with the rookies. I've been talking to him a ton lately. Whenever the rookie season rolls around, we talk all the time about it. But he highlighted a great point. This running back class, there's no Jameer Gibbs. There's no Achain. There's no Bijan Robinson. But there is Kendra Miller's, Zach Charbonnet's, Tajay Spears. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of those guys. Like we're highlighting, round's gonna Tank, be loaded. We're highlighting like Tank Bigsby, Roshan, and like mm-hmm. those guys. There's like eight to ten of those guys. Like I think there's a lot of guys that are like capable of being starters and like role players. Where you got like Benson, Corum, um, Brooks. You got all these guys. Estime. Bucky Irving, like there's a bunch of these guys, Brayden Lau, and you got all these running backs that are going to come in and have roles and they're talented. Maybe some of them have great combines and get day two draft capital early second round. I don't know, but it's going to get fun. I'm highlighting wide receivers right now. I'll jump into the quarterbacks as well. And we're just going to take this the fun way. We're going to do prospect threads. We're going to do film analysis. We're going to do rankings, all that good stuff. And look up for me and dad, just collaborating on a lot of stuff because we seem to be in sync during the rookie season. So we're going to be doing a lot of potting on the rookies, rankings on the rookies and talking about the rookies. So I'm excited. Going to be fun. You know, and that, the biggest takeaways by those seconds, if there's that many running backs that are good and we're talking about my, my one through 12 right now does not have a single running back in it. That means people are yeah. going to, they're going to stretch. They're going to get guys that are stud wide receivers that even, you know, fall into the second round. So thanks for tuning in guys and enjoy the process. Woo! Rookie talk, baby.